I'm ready. <laughs> All right, welcome back. Episode number two of ADV Talk. I'm Arlo. I'm Patrick. I'm Backer. Let's get into it. So, a few topics we're going to talk about today. The first one, this is interesting, and I would be interested for folks to comment uh, on this exact topic, is, is there an ADV Mecca like Deals Gap is for sport bikes? So, who wants to go first? Do you think there is one, or should there be one? It's a great question. Um, I love Deals Gap uh, on my sport bike, and it's such a great place where uh, everybody... It's the one place on the East Coast where everybody gets together, and you know it's a, a motorcycle uh, destination. Um, I don't know that I have one location for um, adventure riding other than kind of Colorado being, I mean, Colorado in general being, uh, there's just so much great uh, adventure riding as well as just off-road riding in Colorado in general. Um, and any chance I get, Colorado is where I go to ride. And you see tons of people every time you're out there adventure riding, tons of other adventure riders. I would say the same thing. It, it, it's got to be Colorado just because of the roads and the mountain passes. And I'm sure there's other states that are great. For some reason, Colorado's the one that's taken off. I, I've heard like Idaho. I've never been. They say that's unbelievably good. But the other thing, I think Colorado may be because some of those places, you're just over the mountain from civilization. Mm -hmm. Whereas in some of the other places where guys are doing adventure rides, like you have no cell phone service, you haven't had cell phone service, you're not going to have cell phone service. You're just kind of literally in the middle of nowhere, which is pretty cool too. But I think Colorado's just con- it's convenient. It's centrally located in the U.S. Yeah, it's got civilization. Yeah, you can get to it from both both coasts, um, and it it has unrivaled beauty. Um, but is there somewhere in Ro- uh, Colorado specific that uh, you know is the place to be? I got one that comes to mind: Black Bear Pass. So, uh, coming into Telluride, there is a a pass. I think you go through Engineers Pass first, or engin- is it Engineer? Yeah, Engineer Pass. Engineer Pass, pass, and then you go into Black Bear Pass. I've seen it on YouTube a bunch of times. I've never personally run it, but I feel like that is a mecca. Um, I was just on Moscow Moto's Instagram page this week, and they use Skydio drones that follow them. You can have like a beacon, basically, that Mm -hmm. keep on. I'm assuming that's what they do. Um, But Moscow Moto showed a couple of riders going down the stair steps, so it's like – just what it sounds like, stair steps in the rock going down this pass. And it's pretty iconic. I know it's it's really great in the Jeep community. Um, but I personally, I feel like that is a very recognizable thing. But um, Tail of the Dragon's pretty iconic. I don't know if it's at that level of being a mecca. So I don't I don't know. Yeah, I got you. Good, good point. Patrick, I assume you've not been to uh, – Black Bear Pass or Colorado? I've been to Colorado, but a lot of the stuff I've... No, not adventure riding. I've been to a lot of these places for work. um, And a lot oftentimes I did see adventure bikes like in Moab, Utah. There was a ton of adventure bikes, but I wouldn't say... I don't think there's any place that's like as legendary as the Tale of the Dragon. But I think the difference is... The Tale of the Dragon is popular for exotic cars, 
for Fiat's, for Camaros, for Lamborghinis, for Miatas, for Harleys, like everybody, every kind of group that drives on the road, the tail of the dragon is the place to go, at least on the East Coast. Um, and I, in the dirt, you're, you have a very limited audience. So I think for something to become so legendary or iconic takes a bigger harder. group of people. That's it's true. true. But I, I, I mean, Arlo, I think you're, I think you're onto something there. I think you got a good point. And I've done Black Bear Pass a handful of times. Have you? Yeah. And awesome. it, it is, it is awesome. It is, uh, man, the first time you do it, it is, uh, it's butt puckering it. Uh, you're going down oh, this shit. Well, the, uh, you say that I'll never ride it. Cause <laughs> You're um, fearless in my eyes. Well, yeah. 10 years ago, I might have been a little less fearless, but okay. I did on my KLX uh, for the first time. And um, you are going down this uh, stepped rock face, and um, it is a very steep, long drop-off on your left-hand side as you're going down. Um, but you're overlooking Telluride, and it's absolutely beautiful. It's it's incredible view from up there um, overlooking the city. But um, you're right, and and it much like Deals Gap, it is uh, – it, brings everything in um you'll see adventure riders up there it is a road so you don't really see dirt bikes up there too often i don't think sports but though, um yeah but you'll definitely see the jeep crowd and or the bronco crowd now and um and all the uh overland off-road guys and they have like tours that go up there in like big humvees or big convertible jeeps and stuff they'll take they tours take out tours? of telluride yeah yeah down, tours out of telluride down yeah. black bear pass uh, I assume they go down Black Bear. I'm not sure. I know they come up out of Telluride to like Imogene Pass. Can you imagine the insurance policy needed for that? Like a tour oh. through that? Yeah, no kidding. No doubt. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. but anyway. Yeah. Um, I would say that is it as iconic as the Tale of the Dragon? I don't think so, but is it like the one most singular name in adventure writings as far as a path, uh, obstacle, a place? It has to be. Yeah, I can't think of anything more known. Yeah. You know, the only thing I was thinking about, which is not necessarily a, a mecca or a certain point, but the group that does the BDR routes, you know, they've done a really nice job. And we talked about the last episode is like what goes into planning a route. Mm -hmm. They have, they've really commercialized it. I mean, they, I don't think they can charge a fee, but they do they charge for maps on BDRs or? Uh, they'll sell you a map, but not for the GPS files. The GPS files are free. They're free. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how they make their money then. Interesting. Maps and yeah. They do sell other okay. other sellables. Yeah. Um, but they do a really nice job, and I know that, and I believe you've done several of those BDR routes. But I know those can. Uh, the one that comes to mind is Colorado BDR route, but um, I don't know. Maybe not. What about the Trans American? Yeah, I was going to say, if we're not talking about a location, if we're talking about ideas, the the Mecca idea, um, the BDR is one and the and the TAT is the other, the Trans-America Trail. Yeah. So those are definitely the the Mecca concepts or, or rides to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Which the TAT, that's, for anyone who's not familiar with that, that's from, where's it at in the East Coast? Does it, start, it start in North Carolina? I believe so, yeah. So North Carolina to Oregon. Or South Carolina, I believe. One of the Carolinas. Some, somewhere over yep. there. Uh -huh. so Oregon, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a cool route. I actually watched a um, father and son on YouTube, and I cannot think of the name right now. Uh, father and son rode Honda uh, CRF 450 RL. Thank you. Yeah. RL now. If, Something whatever, like that. Whatever their naming convention <laughs> is, the dual sport 450. Uh, and they took them like a month to do the tap, but pretty cool to see that. And th when they went down Black Bear Pass, they were flying. 
Like people were commenting on that video going, I've never seen anyone go down this that fast, but they were just like, that's how I would want to do it. If I was going to do the tad, it would be, let's not do it in 30 days. Let's just blaze this thing. I think that would be a blast. Yeah. I think once you got the black bear pass, like you might take your time. (laughs) (laughs) Becker speaks from experience. Well, maybe we'll have to plan a trip. Yeah. Fun. I'm, I'm, you, you can never get enough Black Bear Pass. I've been down it maybe five times, and I'll go again any day. Yeah. Cool. yeah. And it's a waterfall, too, right? I mean, it's, it's There's a really cool waterfall there. Yeah. Kaylin and I actually on our uh, trip in the Forerunner last year tried to go up to it, but it was close due to snow. snow but we went snow. halfway up, so, yeah. Yep. There's a pretty small window, right, where there's no snow. Yeah, like, it's like uh, summertime, right? It's different away. every year, right? But it's late June to late August, roughly, we can get up there. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Cool. Moving along to our next question. Uh, and this one's relevant for right now because it started to get cold here in Indiana. Uh, heated gear, yes or no? Arlo, do you have heated gear? I uh, do not. I have heated grips on the Harley, and I do love them. Does anybody at the table have heated gear? I do not have heated gear, but I do have a plug for yeah. it. Nice. Yeah. The Multistrada. Yeah, the nice. Multistrada has a plug set up for it, but... Hey. Nowadays, like there's so many battery operated things you can get like at any store in the world that I don't I wouldn't have a prop like if I was going to do a long ride, I would do it or get the heated gear like I'm not going to be freezing. That's terrible. Like that time. So one time me and Arlo were going to do a half marathon and we rode the night before the half marathon in the freezing rain like three hours to where we were going to do the half marathon, which was terrible. And then we got there and Arlo said, I think I'm just going to do the 5k. <laughs> I, I did. And I ran the half marathon, but, and then when we were done, we spent the night and uh, rode back the next day, which was, I was tired. Arlo, if you'd had heated gear, would you have done the full 10k? Uh, the half marathon you mean? Oh, the half no, marathon. Yeah. No, no. I, I uh, there was lack of training going on. Patrick is a little bit, uh, it's a little more athletic than I am. So well, I had a lack of training too. But yeah. Anyways, true. Anyway, it was a cold. It was freezing. It uses a lot of energy. It makes it more challenging. I think though, to me, if I was going with heated gear, the first thing I would say is heated grips because I I had not rode with them before. But it's amazing how if your hands are cold, you can deal with other parts of your body being colder for longer, I feel like. Now, if you had the heated jacket, pants, I think they even have socks that you can – I don't I don't even know what they have now. Everything, yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sure that then, you know, you're going to Alaska or you're doing something really crazy. Yeah, you're going to be fine all day. Um, but the heated get heated grips, I'm, I'm amazed. Difference. I'm a big fan of them. Yeah, so the Tiger has heated grips, um, but I actually – um, it's a weird sensation when my palms are hot and the outside of my hand is cold. And so a lot of times I just don't even use them. I don't even like them. I prefer to have a bigger hand guard that just keeps the wind off my hands. And then I'm usually pretty good until my, the rest of my gear can't keep up. The nice so. thing with the, the multi-strata heated grips and mine's an older one, but it has, I think three different levels. So like the burning hot one, I can hardly stand it most of the time. So I run like the mild one or the medium. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Does yours have levels? Yeah, three okay. levels. Yeah. yeah. Is, is it aftermarket or stock? Uh, they're aftermarket, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I know they have them for the KTM. I'd like to. I'd like to get them on that bike just because it. I 
feel like it it's does, nice it does it's help. a yeah. It's a pretty nice feature. So, there's probably I like some it. science that goes into it where it's like you get some like well, major this is an arteries extra, or this something. Is a, it's like a radiator. You yeah. got a lot of volume or area of skin here, and it's an extremity, so it's... Less blood flow, yeah, less yeah, heat exactly. getting to it. You're, so. you're losing yeah. a lot of heat there. I wasn't prepared for it, but I know the first time I rode with it, I was like, all right, this really does work. No wonder these are popular. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so <clears throat> outside of that, though, outside of my hands... Um, I don't think I, I just bundle, I layer up, I'll put on, you know, multiple layers and a hoodie and a liner in my jacket and the jacket on. And, and I got some big gloves and uh, boots and pants and I'm, I'm pretty warm until my helmet doesn't keep me warm anymore. Right. It's usually after my hands, it's my face that gets cold. So yeah, no, no heated gear needed for me. I don't think. I always use rain gear because it like keeps people make fun of me, but it keeps the wind out. So like if it's cold, I pretty much just wear my riding gear and then I wear rain gear over the top of it. And just the the keeping the wind out makes an unbelievably huge difference. I watched um, Long Way Up, which is the it's on Apple. Charlie Gorman and mm-hmm. uh, Ewan McGregor. Mm-hmm. And they had in the southern part of South America, they had those uh, like insulated like a, you see them on snowmobiles a lot, but you like slide your hand into them, like hippo grips or something they call they're them or whatever. Yeah, yeah they ri- hippo right. hands. They use those for dirt bikes when yeah. it's muddy. Really, like mm-hmm. to keep your hands clean. Mm-hmm. I was, I was be curious, like what would that, what would riding with that be like? Is there space inside difference. of there? Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Can still you w- when you're riding it, you don't really notice it. Right. Really. Yeah, because well, you're it's not just moving like your a, hand around all the time anyway. You're I mean, on the like, bars, right? Yeah. But they're huge. They're big. Like you got, they end up being like this big and you just put your arms in there and then you forget they're there and you go. Yeah. Like put a sandwich in there and keep it hot or what? Yeah. Totally. (laughs) Some bourbon. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, nice. All right. So our, our last topic, um, (laughs) maybe you should read that. Why don't you, why don't you read the last uh, last for this one? This is funny. Oh, this is a good one for Arlo. This is a great question for Arlo. Uh, are the Harley bros uh, going to take over the ADV world um, or are the KTM bros, the new Harley bros? And I think we have one, somebody here who's both actually. So I feel attacked and his hats on backwards. <laughs> Total bro move. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't think the Harley bros are here to stay. Uh, I think that so we're, we're picking at the Pan America, right? I think so. It's only Harley ADV bike I'm aware of. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, for those listening, I own one, and it is um, something I bought right after I was getting divorced, so it's kind of one of those post-divorce, like, yeah, this is a good idea, uh, sort of a thing. I, I bought it. Enjoy it. I've got 11,000, 12,000 miles on it now um, in just really two, probably, what, two and a half years that I've had it. And to be clear, I, I think it's a great bike. I rode it, and it, it I really loved it. Great engine, fun bike, yeah. really awesome. So yeah. no complaints about the bike. It's the crowd that I'm concerned about. I don't think you really need to worry about the crowd. <laughs> you dick. Um, I don't think you need to worry about the the crowd. I mean, I uh, I enjoy the bike as well. Um, I, I just don't know what its longevity is. I think people enjoy it. Most people use them like I use them, which is touring. Mm-hmm. There's very few people that actually ride them like they would a GS or something. I, I think 
I think Harley saw the adventure bike craze and said, well, let's dress up a Harley like an adventure bike. And uh, You think not, it's not a great adventure bike? No, but I not, think it's not okay. really, though. Yeah. There's nothing that it was like. It's true. Oh, I agree. Yeah. But I think they made the bike to fill, to, to gain a part of the market share. Mm -hmm. I don't think oh, it's certainly. a bad bike, but yeah. I think that they saw like, okay, everybody's making adventure bikes. Let's make an adventure bike, and it's a blend. You know, it's a. You th you think maybe Harley's not in it for the long haul? You think they're they're gonna bow out of the adventure game, or you think they're here to stay? I think it. I think all of that depends on what is the reliability of this thing. Which you know, the I bought the first model year, and some people had some severe problems. There's guys like me that haven't had any problems. Really. I think I mean, that's most bikes, especially if you're getting in a new section, new bike, yeah. new manufacturer to the the segment. Um, and I'm I'm impressed with how the bikes held up. I mean, I've had a few issues that were honestly minor, where it was like coating and um, what else was it? Heated grips, which shorted out, and it just they had to go through the process. And I think that was more dealer driven that it was um, a problem. So I won't call that dealer out, but it was awful uh, process. Mm -hmm. um, but there's things that Harley does really well on, and they do listen to their customers. And I think if they have things they can make better, they're probably going to do a pretty good job with it. I am just, I would say, hesitant on you're going to buy that type of bike. Are you going to look at the the GS, the Africa Twin, um, you know, the, the Pan America? Uh, who else am I missing? Like your Tigers, the larger Tigers. What do they have? A 12? The 1050, yeah. 1050, yeah. you know, the KTMs. Like, are you going to look at those and match it and be like, you know what? Harley's got a lot of dealers. This might be a great bike. Or are you going to be like, I want this because it's iconic? You know, now they have the the GS1300. Uh, I think it's going to be tough for them. I, yeah, I, hope, I hope they do come out with something that is more Tenere size. That would be cool. I think it's not Kate. I don't think it's a bad bike. I've ridden years. I think it's okay, but it's big and it's heavy. Mm -hmm. And I think that that makes it a little less capable as an adventure bike. But honestly, most of the riding that we do, or at least that I do, we're on the road. So the Harley should be able to do basically anything and everything that we do. And the road section do a little better. Um, have either of you ridden a GS uh, twelve hundred or no, thirteen hundred? No, I'd love to though. I think, and I haven't either. Well, I've ri I rode an old one, like a uh, two thousand five uh, model, so one of the early ones, and and it, it, I wasn't impressed with it. It was, it was also very heavy and clunky, and not really great off road either. So, so for it's the segment, I think the, far, the I think the Harley fits right in in that yeah. large bike, large adventure bike segment, or adventure bike or touring bike. Um, hey, for 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 highway miles and really getting after it, there's. I mean, that bike yeah. is perfect. Yeah, for I me bet. Anyway, I'm sure it's. Uh, I know. almost bought one once, but it had some kind of issue that the guy didn't tell me about until he brought it for me to look at it, and I was like, I don't even think I rode it. I it don't remember. Mm -hmm. oh, okay, mm, gotcha. I, I, it was like some kind of thing where he was like, "Well, there's an issue, and you probably need to." Or no, he said that the transmission had been rebuilt like three times under warranty from the dealer, but don't worry, everything's <laughs> fine now. And immediately I was like, oh, what am I getting myself I don't into? think that, that doesn't yeah. sound Nothing fine to worry to about me. here. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't fine. think that's typical. Yeah. I don't hear of that many problems with them. No. Well, um, uh, you know, as far as what I've seen of the Harley crowd being at adventure rides, um, um, 
first of all, they're all welcome. Uh, come on, bring it on. Um, I've seen a couple of them that come and they're not ready to get off road at all, not do any back road. And they come yep. thinking that they're doing a, like a paved back road ride. Right. And that's typically not the adventure rides that I get into. And then I've seen a couple others that came and, um, they got tired of their, um, their bagger, uh, or their hardtail, and they decided to get into the adventure world. So they bought this, uh, 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 Pan America and they show up with no helmet in short sleeve shirts. And, you know, they're still, they're still Harley bros. Um, and they're trying to come to adventure ride and they don't fit in and they can tell that they don't fit in. So they don't stay. Right. So, sure. um, but, uh, That's tough. and, um, yeah, so, um, I'm, I don't know either, you know, if the Harley has, Harley has the future with us cause I don't see many of them at the adventure rides I go to a couple here and there, but don't see maybe them too you're often. right. Maybe it's where, like, where did you originate in, in motorcycles? Like for me, I rode dirt bikes. And then, so adventure bike just makes sense. Like, I think that's a lot of the adventure, the ADV community, they start out in dirt bikes. Yeah, yeah, so like with Harleys, I don't know if that's the case. I think a lot of guys buy a Harley that have never rode a motorcycle before. I don't think that's uncommon. I'm sure there's a lot of motorcycles people buy like that. But I think a lot of these adventure guys are guys that race dirt bikes or trail road or whatever it was, and they ultimately ended up here or they've got both. Yeah. Now, and I'll say this: I I hope that they do stay in it to win it because, um, really, and I had a bad experience with one dealer, and I've had three dealers involved because I lived in Tennessee. I bought from one dealer, serviced in a closer dealer, and then when I moved to Indiana, I had this other dealer. Um, to me, that's the one thing that Harley has in its advantage is that dealer network, and if they could. It's, I think it's going to be a long road, but if they could get their dealers on board with the bike. Because the dealers, in my opinion, at first are like, it's cool, but eh, it's not it's a Harley. A, you know, that, they, it's the same story as the Buell. Um, yeah, hard convincing their dealership network to, to take it on. Fully. But what yeah. they don't, I think what the dealers don't realize is, man, if you could, if you could service this community, there is, I mean, really, there's some pretty decent, uh, because we've seen that explosion, right? Over the last, like, how long has ADV riding really just exploded? Last Is five years. Is the first years? one yeah. the 990 Adventure? Well, no. I mean, there's a whole long line. Well, of, depends what you call an adventure, adventure rider. Of, yeah. like, modern, yeah. of a m modern adventure riding, who made the first bike? Well, I think that's a future topic. What, uh, what do you consider an adventure bike, right? Because uh, uh, you talk to the old timers in their dirt bike with some yeah, saddlebags exactly. as their adventure bike. Exactly. But, um, to us, we kind of we're kind of classifying that as the larger, but that's even like saying touring Har bike that we take off. That's road, like yeah. saying Harley never made an adventure bike. Well, Harley made dirt bikes. Any bike is an adventure bike if you, <laughs> if you ride it wrong enough. It, right? yeah. 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 Even an R six, right. if you want. Absolutely <laughs> on high and two go round bottom road. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Um, what so, the second part of the question is a KLR. I want to get to that or the K KTM. KTM sorry. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, it's the same question. Are the um, KTM bros uh, the new Harley bros? And what do you mean by that? I don't, I don't understand it. Um, well, the Harley stereotype that we make fun of, right? I think the ADV, a lot of the ADV community gives the Harley group a hard time because they're only riding to be cool. They're not riding for the passion of the sport. They're only riding to, to be cool and have a cool bike. And I kind of <sighs> feel, I don't, I'm gonna, man, I'm throwing, uh, throwing <sighs> stones in a glass house here, but I kind of feel like <laughs> I'm going to get myself in trouble. But I kind of feel like sometimes that's the, uh, some of the KTM riders. Um, they just have the coolest, most expensive bike because the KTM is the coolest, most expensive bike. Um, Adventure I bike. feel attacked. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, buddy. But uh, so is that uh, is that the new target crowd for us to make fun of and laugh behind their back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
listen, we have a particular set of skills, and it's to buy the most bougie bike we can. That's a, that's the <laughs> that's the point. I understand. I don't know. Bar, go bar hopping. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, on the the pilot episode that would have been so we're on episode two, but pilot episode that we started. I talked a little bit about like, man, I really like the Tenere and I would have bought one had there had been available. Cause you remember when I was going through that, yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. you I got too. lucky we and bought one. Tenere or AT? No, the Tenere. Oh, Tenere. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. The Africa Twin, I had an opportunity to buy that when I bought the Harley. And you decided and not the, to. And, well, no, the dealer pissed me off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he was like sizing me up. And I was sure. like, man, I, why do I have to do that? I don't understand the, the point. So uh, nothing against Har- uh, Honda dealers, but... Um, no, I mean, it really, mine was a, my purchase was about availability, um, but I do really like the tech on the KTMs. I mean, I that's yeah. how I buy stuff. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I asked that question, but I don't really believe in it. I think that KTM is not Harley, right? I think most KTM buyers are um, buying the KTM because they do have the best tech, because they do have the the fastest, most advanced bike, um, and it is the coolest bike. But but it's also the best tool, whereas. Um, the ADV or a lot of people, you know, uh, uh, make fun of the Harley crowd because they're on ancient equipment or ancient, you know, designs, um, and they're only there for the for the image. Sure. And I don't think that's the KTM crowd. I think they're there for the technology and the image. Right. Oh, so yeah, my that. my KTM bros <laughs> listening and, and watching, um, they hate us because they ain't us. Okay, <laughs> that's that's, that's what it is. But the, the amazing thing about KTM is KTM used to be an off brand, and now it's like the brand. Uh, they own Gas Gas, they own Husqvarna. They went from being like, oh my god, did you see, uh, you know, a KTM one twenty five won a Supercross. I remember it. Yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah. And like, uh, I think Kelly Smith. I've met him before. He won an outdoor national on a KTM. I think like that was a huge deal because it was like a knockoff brand that nobody would ever ride. And now you're seeing, you know, before people would only ride uh, Yamaha, Kawasaki, Suzuki, the Japanese brands. Now you're riding an American bike, Harley, uh, a KTM, Triumph. Uh, I have a Ducati, an Italian bike. I have a Yamaha as well. But like in the last few years, these other the other brands are just coming up. Mm-hmm. And why did why did that happen? Is the market growing? Were the other brands not advancing? You know, if when you look at some of the Japanese adventure bikes, they're kind of behind the times. Like they're not cool. They don't look cool. The, the Dead nuts reliable, but maybe not the most advanced uh, designs and and uh, they're know, a little specs. dated. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's like the classic like Toyota thing. Like Toyota, I, and I have a Toyota, but it's like you know all these like like the domestic brands were coming out with these cool tech, and it's like Toyota's just reliable. And I mean, the, I'm thinking that's what Honda and yeah. Yamaha. The Forerunner hasn't changed in ten years, right? <laughs> There's yeah. a new one. I've seen it before. Oh. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Spoiler alert. I had to hide my phone and put it oh. in a magnetic bag and all this stuff. So nice. It's cool. There you go. Cool. Yeah. We'll have to talk to you about that after the show. Yeah. You're sworn to secrecy. Yeah. But. but I think that back to that point is KTM, Husky, Gas. They're. It's become like the company. Like they're in every form of racing. They're in. They don't. They don't make toy helicopters or pools or airplanes or cars. 
they make one car arguably but they just make motorcycles they make mm -hmm. like their motto is what is it race ready or whatever so like they're building they don't build like the toy bikes the commuter bikes the low level bikes the entry level bikes they pretty much just make like a hardcore product the race bike yeah yeah, yeah. it's been an, a, a, an impressive uh, evolution of the brand over the years yeah I mean, we're we're running low on time, but I feel like a future topic should be what's your next bike. We oh. should add that to the list because you know, that's a great question. You got some, you got some opinions, so and I'm we'll have to talk about if, if we're talking about fantasy land or reality, Arlo. <laughs> Well, because in reality, in reality, it's going to cost me about a hundred bucks. My next bike oh. fantasy, I could spend a whole lot more than that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We'll have yeah. two segments for it. Though. Okay. Great. Perfect. <laughs> so, awesome. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Thank you.